0: Welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, today we want to ask this fundamental question. When is a person a Christian? What happens that a person becomes a Christian? So as I'm compiling stories to talk about my life testimony, uh, I wrote this one down, which which caused quite a, a neat little discussion point in our writers group. And it was a great discussion. And some of the people are going, wow, thank you for actually voicing that, because it's something that's not often voiced. And I don't have the document in front of me, the story exactly the way I worded it, uh, but it basically boiled down to this. This was back in the 1990s, uh, early 1990s. And back in that time, there was this thing that was moving around uh, that was generally referred to as easy believism. And this spawned a controversy in the 80s and into the 90s. And uh, what John MacArthur came out and did is he did a book. Um, I can't remember exactly the book he called it It might have been his one on lordship salvation um i just don't remember exactly which titled uh book it was it might have been the gospel according to jesus i think uh but what this did is it challenged this idea that was coming down in evangelicalism at that time that basically pushed people out to just get somebody to say a prayer and once you've said this prayer you are henceforth saved and this was interesting because You know, I came from this very non-Christian family, and we get sent to the summer camp, which wasn't a Christian camp, but at that time, there was enough respect for religion that they would still hold a generic church service on Wednesdays and on Sundays, which was totally odd to us, having never gone to any real church services outside of one or two little odds and ends or visiting with a friend or something. And so my brother uh, during this decides that he's going to, you know, he's going to raise his hand for a decision for Jesus and, and come forward and, you know, just say this little prayer and, hey, congratulations, you're a Christian, here's the Bible, find a good church. And then they, they told my mom the good news that my brother had been saved and just need to find a good church and nurture that faith. And we got home and my brother wasn't changed. He was, my brother was just always susceptible to peer pressure uh, growing up. And so, you know, he was just come to the peer pressure of going forward in a camp and uh the bible that they gave him got thrown in the trash can. He never attended a church service and uh, that was that. Well, later on that summer, four of us were riding our bikes downtown. It was myself and my brother and and two neighborhood kids, and we're riding our bikes down, and and we're stopped by a couple of really nice dressed guys. We think, you know, hey, they might be asking for directions. Instead, they want to give us directions, you know, directions up to heaven, and so they say, hey, Do you know for sure if you were to die today that you'll go to heaven? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, and then they're like, okay, great. We got the setup. We got four little kids. These little eight eyeballs are looking up. I mean, I think my brother was the oldest. I think he would just finish eighth grade, I think, at this point. And so um, the four of us are there and they're like, well, um, you know, would you like to be sure you're going to go to heaven? And the three other boys, I kid you not, this is a true story, people. Three other boys, like, oh, yeah, I do. I got to me and said, I don't really care. I don't care. <laughs> you know. And uh, so, of course, the, like, they're totally not prepared for a little sixth grader who says, I don't care if I go to heaven or not. I mean, and because that defined my life. I was all about pure existentialism, pleasure to the most, so much pleasure that I sucked so much... So much marrow out of the bone that just uh, <coughs> choking on that bone on a regular basis. And uh, so he kind of starts this conversation. I'm like, I just don't, I don't believe any of this nonsense. And it's like, all right, whatever. So he addresses the other three boys now that, that want to be sure to get you and go to heaven. Like, if you just say this little prayer you can be sure you're going to heaven. So all of us, I mean, all of us did. I'm oh like, gosh, whatever, whatever, I'll say your little words, you know. So we get in there and say their little easy believism words, and they're like, congratulations, you guys are all in heaven. They give us all Bible tracts, tell us to go find a good church and and go off rejoicing that they sprung four souls from the grasp of the devil because once we said those words, we were absolutely going to be in heaven. Hmm problem is, I mean, my brother never changed. He's to this day an anti-theist, last I knew. Certainly not a Christian. Uh, certainly cares nothing for God. If uh, And I, he does gravitate more towards anti-theism than atheism and, and agnosticism. Um, the other two, and I haven't seen them in 20 years, but last I knew, nearing the end of high school, the one of them was, you know, a, a pretty accomplished drug dealer, and the other one um, uh, trading partners in homosexual relationships. Not a lot different from the situations and circumstances I found myself in. So who knows? They may have come to Christ later in life. I don't know. But there's no evidence or indication to suggest that from the early period on, up until any point in time that they were saved. Had we all died, you know, gotten hit by a car on the way back home, no, saying that little prayer does not mean we were in heaven. And that is what the viewpoint says. Now... As I said earlier, MacArthur was battling this viewpoint, which was generally called easy believism, in a viewpoint that became known as lordship salvation. The critics of lordship salvation suggest that it is a works-based faith. You have to do things in order to be saved. That's, not, however, not true. And what he makes in some of his arguments and discussions in his viewpoint are, are such, you know, there are people that are so concerned... <clears throat> that their loved ones will not be in heaven. It causes them to twist their theology. FYI, that's big Methodist church split that just occurred is because one of the bishops in the upper echelons of the church organization had a son that was homosexual and professed to be Christian. Well, he couldn't possibly suggest that his son may not make it into heaven, and so he wanted to adopt for the entire church. He was over that you can be homosexual and be in heaven. And uh, I'm not going to get into all of the nuances of that, but suffice it to say that it's very clear the scripture declares that to be a sin. Now, can a person have same-sex attraction and repent of that and still struggle with this in their life and be saved? Absolutely. But can a person go off and live a homosexual lifestyle saying that, it's all love, and Jesus is about love, therefore it's okay. Well, that's not a principle that is found in Scripture. I don't want to dive into that topic anymore here. I, I think I've done more clear videos and longer videos just on that subject. If I can find them, I'll go ahead and link them. Uh, but all that being said, what's important, the, the importance that we talk about in in light of all this now, is that we can stop and suggest that if just saying a little prayer is not enough, but this viewpoint of easy believism came up because people were so concerned that their children would not make it into heaven. So you do whatever you can when they're impressionable six-year-olds to get them to say the prayer. Once they said the prayer, now you rest on those words, regardless of lifestyle, that they're going to be in heaven. And then it becomes very difficult. And I was having a discussion with somebody on this general point, um, and... uh, his brother who is a dear friend of mine is a bisexual and walked away from the church and all this and, and lives lives that lifestyle and you know and I still I still love my friend and, and that's cool and we can have discussions and debates and things like that. I'm not gonna cast him off and sit there and say you're a sinner that's going to hell but he knows where I stand, I know where he stands and we can have a good relationship in lights of this. But the challenge is is that we saw a weakening of his parents' faith because they cannot reconcile with the fact that this kid grew up in a church and when he was a little kid did all the christiany things and was baptized and said he was saved and now in after adolescence walked away from all that they just don't want to grasp the fact that this kid may not make it into heaven and This is the thing that we have to we have to understand. That is our task to preach the gospel when we can. But it is all ultimately up to God to transform our hearts. Okay, my father died recently, and best I know, he knows nothing about the gospel. He lived his life in pursuit of pleasure, and I can't like. I don't have any regrets that I never shared with him the gospel, but I chose instead to forge a relationship with him despite not being of the same philosophical viewpoints. And we could find that common ground of love. He knew where I stood. He had the ability to ask questions. He had information. He had received the gospel and rejected it. Well, I can say he has heard the gospel and rejected it. That's the best that we can do sometimes. And we have to recognize, reconcile with the fact that I do not know if I will see my father in eternity. And if I were to look at the evidence of his life, I would probably say the answer is no. That being said, I don't have any regrets. And I know that God is sovereignly in control of salvation. So at what point in time is a person saved? Well, we, sometimes we can pinpoint individual times when true repentance captured our heart. Sometimes we can't. I can look back to a specific day and a specific time and a specific event and a specific place because it was 12 hours of tears of repenting over my sin and from that day forward I walked a different life. I didn't just say a little thing once on stage to accept myself going into heaven and leave it at that. And that is really the principle in mind. When, is, when can we look back on a person and say, wow, yes, there's strong evidence of the salvation of this person. Now, ultimately, it's up to God. But God's word is very clear what makes a person a believer and into heaven. It is a person who has so believed in faith that they have repented of their sin and that they have put on a different life, they have put on a new self, and they have dedicated themselves to the service of Christ. That is really the ultimate thing. So when you see a person who, and I hear this, and I heard this recently, oh, I know my son's a Christian, older person. I know my son's a Christian, but he doesn't attend church, and he doesn't have an interest in God, and he doesn't read his Bible. He doesn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. Your son is not going to be in heaven if things continue the way they are. Because you're not, you're not saved if you said a little prayer once. You're just not saved if you said a little prayer once. You are saved when your life is conformed to the cause of Jesus Christ, where you have repented of your sins. You seek the thir- the, the word of God. In fact, let me give you the first verse of today. Uh, and this is from Psalm. Oh boy, I'm forgetting the Psalm. It's either Psalm 42 or Psalm 52. My apologies, guys. I don't have my Bible with me. Uh, As the deer pants for the rivers, so my soul pants for you, O Lord. Okay? That is the model of the Christian. When you are so repentant that you seek the things of God, you can know that you have your assurance in heaven. It's not easy believism. It's a faith that transforms your life. Thanks for coming along on this daily walk. We are listener and viewer supported. If you want to help support this uh, podcast channel, uh, however you're consuming this media, uh, definitely have a look at ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support. Thanks for coming along, and I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walking Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help,